Hey everybody, welcome to Purple Friday Show, episode 203. As you can see, well, you guys can't hear it on the podcast, but for watching, I have a beach behind me because it's bye week. Ravens are on the bye week. It's time to relax for a little bit. Getaways, I'm pretty sure the guys have been playing it for probably since week eight, <laughs> right after that London trip. To be honest with you, they were like, we need, we need a break. <laughs> Uh, the guy's been dealing with injuries and stuff like that, but you know it's here. The Ravens are nine and three. Um, not the most impressive win, you know, against the Chargers. Ravens end up, you know, uh, only scoring three points off of four turnovers. Uh, defense, look, uh, considering the game they had, what was that last week? I thought the Bengals. Uh, you know, where they let kind of Joe Mixon before, you know, Joe Burrow got hurt. Joe Mixon was kind of running all over the place and, you know, whatever. And the last few games, they haven't been doing well against the run. And uh, the Raven defense came out. I, I will say, of all the games this year, this the defense for sure was hitting a lot harder in this game than I've seen them do all season. They were, they were, Roquan and Patrick Queen especially were, it seemed like when I think somebody on uh it was either Rich Eisen or somebody called in, I think, to uh, the fan and it was like it felt like Roquan and Patrick Queen were the there was ill will and like intent. <laughs> Anytime oh. they saw somebody with the ball, like I'm about to take up somebody and it felt like it. It really did. Like they, they were I mean, they were hitting it. I mean, they were hitting them. I mean but I'll give them credit, they didn't they didn't get any personal uh, personal foul flags. Like they were hitting them all within uh, the, the legal statutes or whatever the NFL has for hitting guys, I mean, they were making putting their message out there, and yeah. you know, look. Um, so I give them a lot of credit. Um, before I delve into it, you know, what what was your you know takeaways, you know, from the game? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's interesting that you say that. Like, it seemed like you know they were hitting a lot harder than what they normally are, and we we are typically a very physical defense. So not that we weren't. You know we're not always physical because we are but it did seem a little bit different for whatever reason <laughs> against the chargers and it, it kind of opened up with that that late hit from geno stone on uh on herbert out of bounds like i was like shocked that he didn't call that but mm-hmm. you know even if they did you know the fact that it was early enough in the game i'm like okay i still i still like the fact that they set the tone right there it was like all right I mean, this, this is how we coming at you the whole game. Um, and that's kind of how they played the whole game. Like you said, super physical. The defense was just relentless in terms of uh, just being, you know, 11 heads to the ball every single time. They had um, a few plays that they missed. I mean, they have like maybe one play where pretty much their rushing stats pretty much came from mainly mostly that one play when Herbert kind of escaped and mm-hmm. got down the sideline. But Outside of that, I mean, we, we had yet another showing of Kyle Hamilton showing that he can literally do anything on a football field. They're still lining him up almost everywhere. He can he can blitz the quarterback. He can cover him in a man all the way downfield. Like he there was one play where he literally just shadowed the receiver. I think it was was a Guyton maybe going down on like a corner route, like down the middle of the field and no separation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like at, at the end of the season, like you know how PFF, like, they come out with their weekly, you know, there's always something crazy that we learn. At the end of the year, they're going to do, like, a, a accumulation of just a, a Kyle Hamilton, just what he's done all season. And it's going to be something, I feel like, that nobody's ever done before. Because what I'm looking at, 
it's it's impressive like it's it's been just a crazy season for him so far and he did not um look any worse in that Chargers game whatsoever um and yeah our linebacking duo like it's what, what more can you say like even in the bad play when Herbert escaped like did you see Patrick Queen chase him down and mm-hmm. give it all he had to, to stop him from scoring that touchdown like that's the type of effort that we might not have seen last season or, or, or previously just because you know it, it just seems like uh, where we are and for him to be in a contract year and you know just giving it all, all he's got um, it, it's going to be a shame if we got to let him go I'm, I understand that we probably most likely will but he, he played he played great both those guys have 100 tackles each so that just it just is what it is our offense you know it sputtered at times and it did not look sharp whatsoever it was not john harbaugh's best game as we you know we discussed you know in our chat or whatever and and munkin didn't have his best play calling game either but um luckily you know we had the talent we were able to es- escape the harbaugh game um and still come out of there with a win but you know we did see some promising things from likely um it's, it's good to see that he was able to kind of step in there and make some plays um a lot of them was early on you know, we saw some, you know, pretty much the receivers have been kind of pretty consistent as far as um, everything. Aguilar did have a bad drop, um, but he did also make another play in that game. The run game was was decent. It was, it was okay. It could have been better. I think we finished with still almost, did we almost have 200 yards in that game? I don't, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but, uh, but a lot. 197 rushing. Yeah, which, which. It really wasn't a great rushing day from us. We we probably really only had like 100 yards, but you know Zay had a chunk of that at the end of the game. Yeah, right at the end. Yeah. So like, maybe like it's like 140, 150. Decent, but we could have done better had you know the play calling been a little bit more, um, a little bit more balanced, a little bit more consistent. But like I said, I'm not mad. You know, it was a West Coast trip. We had to fly all the way to LA. You know, these guys had a had a bye week that I'm sure, you know, we were discussing before the show started. Everybody was looking forward to, I'm sure. And um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, we're just going to have to wonder what this offense is going to look like, you know, without without Andrews. And probably my biggest takeaway is that now I'm not sure how many games in a row it's been. But since Ronnie Stanley's been back, this Chargers game kind of solidified we have more questions than answered in that offensive line department and it's and it's mainly just him i mean the, the other issues at line i mean i feel like we can live with but he's the primary reason for a lot of um the breakdowns and we had a lot khalil mack i mean is khalil mack so it's like you don't want to fault somebody too much but mm-hmm. there were plays where khalil mack was not on ronnie stanley and ronnie stanley was still having trouble and that that was a game we had to play the charges without joey bosa so just imagine with Joey Bosa, right, right. you know, it's a concern. So the Ravens are going to have some decisions to make, obviously, in the offseason. But, you know, after this bye week, you know, we, we, we're we trying to, you know, give Stanley some grace and attribute some of this to injury. But, you know, if that's holding us back, we can't afford to have Lamar Jackson getting hurt because this was another game also where he got pushed back into the pocket and damn near stepped on Lamar. Um, luckily, Lamar didn't get injured, but that's that's probably my biggest concern coming out of the game. Hopefully, after this bye week, you know, guys get rest. Hopefully, Stanley just kind of feels a little bit more healthy, a little bit more sturdy, and just maybe we can come back 
after the bye week and, and get it together. But that's really the main concern. Outside of that, I don't really have any concerns. We just, I do, just hoping that this offense can figure it out without Andrews and protect Lamar. Yeah. Um, another thing, too, about, you know, uh, I think Justin Tucker, they said actually he fell below 90% after missing that field goal. So he's like, like 89, 88%. So, um, look, I, I know it's going all over Twitter. Everybody's like, oh, man, Justin Tucker had a good run. And, you know, now, you know, he's kind of, he shows he's human now. I'm like, look, he's, he's not, he hasn't had a great year. I think he's had, like, considering he's had, what, how, nine, eight, nine years of wow. quality wow. kicking. But <laughs> Probably some of the like I don't think you're ever gonna see a kicker in the in the modern era right now to have a better run than Justin Tucker has had. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's missed some kicks. Yeah. Uh, some of that has been attributed to the fact that that special teams cannot block anybody. Like he's in his mind, you can t- you can see Justin Tucker is having to rush rush his like what rush what he's doing because he knows that somebody's coming around the corner to get to block the kick. Like yeah. he's already had what two or three blocked this year, so he's like. In the back of his mind, like knowing like somebody's gonna come the middle, somebody's gonna come edge, like, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know, that's probably it too. Like if he's having to rush stuff because no one's on that on the special teams is the special teams unit has been it's been okay the last couple of weeks, but overall for the season, this has been usually one of the better units for the for the Ravens for the last I don't know decade plus. <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. one of the most steady units, and now it, it's become an issue clearly. I think and they said a lot of that is due to the fact that um, the, when it comes to depth, you know, the Ravens usually have good depth there. They don't have a lot of good special teamers there this year. They just don't. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, that's something they're going to have to do. It's one of those things you you need to address. You know, you want guys to play more, you know, specialized in defense and offense, not really special teams. But if they have a knack for that going into the draft, that may be something to look at. Because especially with Justin Tucker, the way he is, like um, – Coming down the line, these next you know what five weeks, whatever after the bye week, they're gonna Tucker is gonna need to be on. I feel like you know I'm not saying he's got to win these games for the Ravens, but uh, in these tight games, especially when you consider they're gonna have to play the Steelers, they got the 49ers. Um, you know they're, they're gonna have these games where they're gonna it's gonna be pretty tight, and then get into the playoffs. Uh, Tucker field goal may be the deciding factor, so I think that. Uh, they need to get that right, you know. Uh, even if it means like pulling some guys, like, look, I know you guys don't usually play special teams, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna need you to, you know, play special teams, you know, for at least field goals and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, wrote a roll this clip real quick, this highlight reel from uh, the game of uh, Kyle Hamilton, and then we'll come back and discuss it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that was my phone favorite please right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. That's the play. That's the play talking about. Yeah. And and they were saying, you know, on the radio, like, uh, you know, with with them, you know, calling, throwing the flag on all, almost the the referee, they said the referees are always waiting to throw that flag. But because Mm -hmm. of the range he has, and well, I know they, you know, the long arms thing, but it really does play with Kyle Hamilton. Like, 
he's got long like the long arms like helped him make that play. He yeah. shielded the ball away from Guyton. Like he couldn't even couldn't get to it. Yeah, like this is this is like incredible stuff you're seeing. Like it's it's not easy to have three blockers, three linemen running up at you. Like and he has to maneuver he, through and making a play. The way he's finding his way and it's it's these aren't open field tackles. Like these he's finding yeah. his way through the blocks. Yeah. They're blocking and not, him and they yeah, that's and he's, one of my favorite, he, that was a favorite play right there too. Yeah, that was nice. He's acting like almost as he's getting blocked, but he's what he's really doing is com- controlling the play. Like he's he's actually manipulating everyone in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like he can, he could get off that block at any time, but he doesn't sell it right away until it's time for him to make a play. Because if you sell it too soon, the running back can adjust and he can make a play off of you. But like he'll just sit there and just and just hold on for a bit. Yeah. When when. When it's time to make a play, he just does it at the perfect time. Like it's just crazy how he can play almost the nickel, the safety, damn near a linebacker at times. Like he's, he's literally he's, all. he's doing stuff you don't see two second year players do. Like you just you don't you don't see second year players generally do make plays like that. That's that's a guy that's been in the league for five or six years. Yeah. Plays like that, studying film and stuff. I mean, look, yeah. we said they said at the end of the year last year, right, that he was one of the highest rated strong safeties in the league. Like in the beginning of the season, you know, he was he had some shaky moments and he looked a little the game looked a little too fast at some point. But towards the end of the year, he was already they were like, Yeah, he's gonna probably be one of the best safeties in the NFL. They were just saying at the end of last year, and he has taken it to another level this year. And it, I mean that that Chargers game, I mean, like he the amount of plays he made, like tackles for loss. Um, was was phenomenal, and he said, "When you think about, I was thinking about it. Um, I think after the game, right? When you look at the middle of the Ravens' defense, right? You got Matt Abike, Broderick Washington, maybe Clowney in there as well, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. Then you got Marcus Williams slash Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton. Like the middle of that defense is is all pro right now. It's all yeah. pro. Like you have all pros pretty much." I think Kyle Hamilton, with the way he's been playing this year, is going to be an all-pro. You have all pros at every level. You got Matty BK, he's got 10 and a half sacks. You got Patrick Queen and Roquan, who both have 100 tackles already at this point in the season. Each. And then you got Geno Stone, who's got five or six picks. You got Marcus Williams, who's healthy back now. And Kyle Hamilton's playing some of the best football anybody in, in the NFL. Not just his own position, but any in, anybody on defense. The middle of that defense is stacked. Like, and then it's not even counting. You got Brandon Stevens on the outside now. Whatever Marlon's going to give you for the rest of the season, <laughs> you know. Um, and look, you're getting you're getting stuff out of Matt. You know, I'm not Matt. You know, I'll say Matt. You know, you're getting stuff <laughs> out of Adafi Owe. You're getting stuff out of uh, Michael Robinson Jr. or Clowney. Um, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, you're getting like it's. Look, it's the Ravens defense is I think it's ranked top one or two, depending on what rankings you're looking at in the NFL. It's arguably the best defense in the league. Yeah. And yeah. it um, really comes down to are you a Niners fan or are you a Ravens fan? Ravens fan, right. <laughs> For defense. Um yeah. and that's that, what I also liked about the end of the game, uh, when they gave the game balls to Zay and Lamar and Lamar is like holding it and they were asking him, you know, you know, you happy about the win and he was like all that and then he was like, you know, I know he's like, you know, I'm I'm happy about the win, but you know, I don't feel like you know, we earned it. You know, it was especially the offense. He's like, the defense didn't earn this, earned this ball. The, mm-hmm. the defense earned this ball. Like, yeah. I know the offense closed the game out with the Zay Flowers touchdown, but that doesn't happen unless Clowney gets that strip fumble right there right. and it helps get them in position to close the game. So, I mean, look, four turnovers in that game, only three points. Um, 
it's very clear, you know, and during the bye week, they got to get something going, right? Um, they also mentioned it was something I didn't even realize. Like, they noticed, like, in the, the last few games, uh, Rashad Bateman is getting a lot of these early targets, but getting nothing in the second half. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, nowhere to be found. It's very nowhere. weird. And it's, 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 it reminds me a lot of Greg Roman, where you're literally taking guys out of the rotation. You're taking guys out of the rotation, and now you're you're wondering why your offense is struggling in the second half. Well, you're only keying on two guys. You're only right. throwing the ball to him and him now. <laughs> you were throwing the ball to five people, but now you're only throwing to two. So it, it's, 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 it, gives, it definitely gives that Greg Roman vibe a little bit. It was like you're taking guys out of the mix for whatever, on purpose, for whatever reason, you had these scripted plays for them. And so, like, all right, now that we run them, we can't run them ever again in this game. Like, yeah. it, it makes no unless, sense. Unless teams, for whatever reason, when he gets those early targets, maybe teams just look at Rashad Bateman like, oh, like, because he, he, Rashad Bateman is your typical wide receiver. Like, when yeah. you look at Rashad Bateman, you know, he should be way above where he is now, but obviously he's had setbacks with injuries and things like that. But maybe when he makes these plays earlier in games, the the other sideline is like, oh, we we gotta we we need some help over there. And so I'm not sure if it's an adjustment, but you're right. Like for it to happen in every game, that that's not really you know that that wouldn't be the case because I'm sure every team wouldn't look at Rashad Bateman and be like, oh, we need to we need help just because he had two early catches in a game or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's definitely a mystery. Definitely giving Greg Roman vibes when it comes to that. But um, it's not like you know the we we are calling the passes. So I'm not sure if he's just not getting open, or you know it, it just seems like Lamar is finding everybody else before you know before he finds him in the, in the like you said in the second half of these games. Sometimes in the last three quarters. I mean, yeah, we'll see Bateman go off in the first quarter. Like yeah. It, they like, same, with Greg, same thing, Greg Roman. The first five catches go right to Brashad Bateman, and then after that, nothing. This one, yeah. So yeah, who? Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think it's I, well. I'm, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure a part of it too is that you know, in the second half, especially when these defenses are realizing, oh, Ronnie Stanley can't block, <laughs> and they're 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 overloading on his side. I mean, they're literally just sending guys uh, on that side now, and they can't block. And then, you know, Keith Mitchell is still working on his pass blocking skills, so. You know, he is a little bit of a liability back there as well. So if you got Stanley and Mitchell back there on that side that can't really block that well, it doesn't really help Lamar out in those situations, which hurts the passing game. You know, but I think a part of that, too, is you you know the situation, right? You know it's not going to get any better. There's no left tackle sitting out there that's really going to replace Ronnie Stanley's on the open market. You know, maybe you put Macari in there to see what you got in Macari, see how well he can play. Um, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife on that line. He has played pretty well. Um, you know, Harbaugh came out this on Monday and basically said that Ronnie's dealing with the knee, ankle, something going on with his leg. Um, yeah. So, look, I don't know if it's going to get, it's not going to get any better at this point in the season. I don't think one week's going to cure that what ails him right now. Um, but, but the situation is if you're, if you're monking, you, you have to know now, like, okay, look, we don't, we can't draw up plays that take five or six seconds. You just can't. We can't draw routes that's gonna everybody's running twenty yards downfield because Lamar has no time. He just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Lamar's gonna be st- sitting in their pocket like that, waiting for the ball to get downfield. But then you got the outside linebacker or edge rusher coming, coming in, swatting it, hitting at the ball or whatever, knocking Lamar out. What are we doing here? 
you know, we got to drop some more stuff that if our if our our left tackle can't block that well, we need to get stuff a little a little bit earlier. Those quick slants, stuff the line of scrimmage, quick slants, yeah, stuff like shovel passes, something. But you can get guys, and you got Keaton Mitchell and Zay back there with the speed that they have. Um, you can get guys in space, do something at the line of scrimmage to get these little, little with little jet sweep stuff, you know, little toss plays just to get them in motion, get them going and stuff. Because um, you you got to take some of that pressure off of um, of Ronnie Stanley right now. You got to take some of that pressure off. Um, yeah. And like you said, the game calling, the, we talk about this hardball fiasco that that is the thing that, that the fiasco that is hardball like this he he i don't know why it seems like every year he has a couple games like he does he does that every year right he has a couple games like this where you're just scratching your head like what the hell are you doing and sure enough he has a game against probably one of the other worst game managing coaches in the nfl and brandon Staley, where he made the he said that on the i think it was the aguilar I think it was the Aguilar one first where down. he was like, he thought it was a first down, so they rushed to the line to run a play and found out oh, it was fourth down and he didn't convert it. My thing is, on that play, you didn't look at the marker, the field, the marker on the side of the field. Like, didn't see, you saw the four there, right? The four was right. It wasn't they, one. They claim it got switched late, but. Well, at, at that point, what, what's the point of the headphones, man? What's the point yeah, of the well, headphones? Yeah. Like you got guys up. He says he has guys upstairs who watch this stuff. Are yeah. they taking naps? And the referees the and the referees they do the same signal for fourth down every every fourth down. Right, they show it to everybody. Right, yeah. you know they yeah. show it to everybody. Like this fourth and they down. Have a, and he said that they have a um the the broadcast version. They're watching that up there too. Yeah. So I'm like, what? So he gave that excuse. Um, and then I think for the Lamar one where it's clearly a first down. Before I get to that, the referee crew was awful. They were terrible. They were like, bad. The, the, you, were bad. the stuff that they were getting wrong was just uh, just unbelievable, unbelievably wrong. Like even Sterator, the the referee they have, the, the you know for, for for was that the NBC. He was, he was like, pissed. this is this come on, like this is this like he clearly like when Romar reached, he clearly got that spot. There was a bad spot. It was clearly he got that spot. They called it wrong. Like, I knew it wasn't gonna be good. I knew it wasn't gonna be good for either team once um once PQ rocked Herbert and he flew out of bounds. Like yeah, right. Like, and he didn't call, call nothing. I'm like, oh, we got this referee. We got this yeah. referee. They're not gonna call that, but they're gonna call some some more egregious things later. Yeah, or way less egregious things later. Yeah. So but, but back to Harbaugh, the one he decides to throw a flag on was the and then look, I get look, I give all the credit in the world. I, 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 I'm hoping the Ravens put. The, I'm not saying this year. But definitely in the seasons to come, you need to put that play. That was a phenomenal nice play. play. Yeah, that's a phenomenal play. Like to two, you know what's going to Keenan Allen, and everybody's keen on him. No one sees Eckler running down. Like that was perfect. Yeah, perfect play. Yeah, that nicely. Yeah. So, but the one play he decides to challenge is that play, not because he thought it was a lateral, oh. not because he didn't think it was a lateral, because nah, it's just too hard to execute. So I, I was just gonna throw a flag. But what? but his and his excuse for the Lamar one was saying that. I didn't throw it because I knew we wouldn't. It wouldn't. We wouldn't win it. He said, "I knew that we wouldn't win that." Is literally what he said at the presser. I'm like, "What are you talking?" He said, "The way are you not like up. is that point right? You don't. You don't have to rush to the. If it's fourth down, it's fourth down. You don't have to rush to the line. How many times they look? They put it on the Titantron, right? So I'm like, you looking like first and you, damn, like, and you, and you damn sure don't have to rush to the line with Justice Hill in the backfield. That too. Come on, damn man. Sure, like damn sure you don't have to rush to the line with Justice Hill back there." 
crazy. Just call a timeout. Just call a timeout. Yeah, call a timeout. It's one yard, less than a yard. Let them look yeah. at it. Give them time. Hey, let the refs look at it. Or, that. yeah, yeah, it, it was. Flag. Like, come on. It was it was bad. It was it was bad, and I I did not like his reasoning. I mean, he came back like the the presser after immediately after. Terrible, terrible presser. I hated his his whole reasoning for it. He came back later in the week and did another presser, and he kind of like cleaned it up a little bit, but still still not buying it. The fact still that he said it. that uh, I I knew we weren't going to get that. What do you mean you knew yeah, we weren't going to get it? That was the craziest part. <laughs> Like we, they showed every angle. That was the most obvious most one. Obvious one. That that you one know. and the other one were both obvious. Yeah. Even so. Sterator was like, "Oh, it's clearly a first down." Because they said you got look at the foot, and the ball is clearly crossing the first down marker, and the foot is still in bounds. Like, oh, he's like, "That's the first down." That's yeah. that's. But, it's but like yeah, if they those, challenge that, this is gonna take like ten seconds. Like, yeah. <laughs> Harbaugh was terrible, just, but those, those referees were equally terrible. They were all they were they were bad because it's like. They have New York and all this other stuff, and people and other referees in the booths and stuff looking at this stuff, and no one decided, hey, you know, maybe we should look at that spot. And I think that spot was bad, you know. Yeah. Um, at least look, at least in that Cardinals game, the ref, the ref was right there, was like, nah, kick that ball back. Yeah, that, was like, at least they got it right then, right? They were like, nah, nah, that spot needs to go back another they, yard. They, they didn't give no explanation or nothing. They just did it. Nothing. Like, right. nah, 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 nah. <laughs> that wasn't right. <laughs> at least yeah. they fixed it right then and there. I'd rather you take the time to get it right than keep making bad calls like that. Right, right. Um, yeah. And then, then the bad call, I mean, the, the pitch play to Gus, we talked about that in the group chat. Like, uh, how do you how do you pitch the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage to Gus Edwards? Like, why is he not running up the middle? Just give him the ball. Just go under center. Have Gus right behind. Bam. I hate. I he hate gets you get, four or five yards it. every carry. I hate when they get cute, man. I really. I just hate it. They gotta. They gotta work on it. again. I think I talked about this to somebody else too. They. They Harbaugh and I don't know what it is with these OCs. It's not. It's not a Mike McDonald thing. Mike McDonald. I don't know if he eats lunch with those dudes with Harbaugh and Monkey. He may just eat with just the defensive coaches. Or whatever, and, the, and play. I don't know if he associates himself with Harbaugh at all. It feels like because the defensive unit and how they operate is like fine, is like a fine-tuned machine. Mm-hmm. The way the offense and special teams in operate, not so much. I feel like they just be drinking during team meetings sometimes, man. They just like, yes, yeah, it's it's. it's I, I don't get it either. Just it's overthinking things, right? Where it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna outthink them by having our you know two hundred forty pound running back run outside. Think he does not do well. Let's have him run outside the tackle box. If, yeah. you, if you're going to do that, give it to keep Mitchell. And he was and doing that, it all night. He did it and all that night. Was Monk, that was Munkin's whole thing. His whole thing was when he came here, his job was going to be to maximize everyone's strengths. Strengths, right? Not that their is, weaknesses. That is not what he did on Sunday. This is why you activated Keith Mitchell to run Literally outside. Like, right. If you're going to run that play, give it to 34. I would have been happier with that, knowing like, oh, let's keep. That's what you got him for. He keep. He didn't get it. Okay, fine. But he was doing it all night. How many times did he run outside and get another six, seven yards up the line of scrimmage, getting outside? Like, yeah, I'm not sure if. And sometimes I'd be wondering just because, since you know, Munkin's in the booth and and this and it's you know, teams on the sideline. Obviously, when when they're called when he's calling these packages, they they have certain personnel groups. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's like. And sometimes he'll call a personnel group and he's expecting somebody else to run on the field and whatever's going on down there, the 
the personnel was not available, so they're just subbing in the running back. But that's just something that, you know, you're an NFL professional team. You, you guys got to have that in order. Like, we have to increase the chances of getting things like that. And when we need one yard, you need to have the player that's going to guarantee you that one yard out there. Yeah, and if and that's, we don't get it, and if we don't get it with Gus Edwards, then we can live with that. Right, if you run, run it up the middle and – if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you if you have the right play call and you give it to the right player in that situation, yeah, and we don't get it, and they don't get it. But I mean, I I just hate this this idea that whatever whatever OC does anything, it doesn't matter if it. I mean, not OC, but uh, the uh, court any coordinator for the Ravens for the last ten years that Harbaugh's been there, he feels like he has no control. Like whatever, if he if they go out there with certain players, and he's looking out there like, why do we have. What is what is what is Gus running? And he gets to play. No, 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 no. Time out. <laughs> like you're the head coach. If you if you see something, hey, hey, uh, hey, uh, we gotta. That, if you're gonna run that, put put 34 in there. Like hey, don't fit Gus. That was another thing, and, we, and he just back, lets it happen. We're back and forth. This that was another thing you just reminded me. Not only did he challenge that that lateral play, mm-hmm. but he, but we we had two timeouts at the time. Right. We didn't he just had, only had two. So a tight game. You're throwing a timeout away in a tight game when we know this, we've seen this movie before, and you just you're just willing to waste a timeout. I was, I was literally boiling. The, well, the, this going to segue into this real quick. Yeah. The the talk has been it's been where there's smoke, there's fire. Everybody's been talking that the last week or two about possibly Mike look. The Panthers have already fired their head coach. We assume from where reports I'm hearing, uh, everybody I'm pretty sure is hearing that Staley's on his way out. It sounds like they're, they said the Chargers are done with Staley. They may let them finish the year out, but I think that he's done. Um, the Raiders, you know, they I don't know if they're going to stick with Antonio Pierce, but, you know, he's going to be available. There's going to be a lot more guys. Sala could be gone in New York, you know. it's As the weeks go on, we're going to probably see more and more guys get, get the camp, you know. Mike McDonald with that that defensive unit with you know with especially during the year with you know you're signing up on new players you get Davion Clowney in there um, Marlon Humphrey gets injured quite often during the season you have to put Ronald Darby and Rocky Sin and all these different moving parts Marcus Williams gets hurt like in the second game of the season um Tyus Bowser has an angry knee whatever the hell that means I'm tired um, of a gets Injured what I think I injured was that preseason partial torn ACL partial torn ACL which I didn't know was that bad bad apparently but it apparently it was bad just found that out this week. I had no idea they they partially torn ACL they man sitting on the roster and just oh yeah he's going to IR now like, what took y'all so long yeah like you're designed to get surgery now but you could have gotten surgery what was that you got hurt in training camp or the preseason I think I hurt in preseason you could have gotten that surgery done no he got, you might you might have been back by the time the playoffs started. Be honest with you, crazy. So you had all that stuff going on, right? And he's been able to this defense to play. I mean, we haven't seen, and this is saying a lot, but I don't think we've seen a coordinator, a defensive coordinator for like this for the Ravens since Rex Ryan and Marvin Lewis. Like, with the amount of t- what what he's getting, we we well, you just said about Munkin's job was trying to get the everybody's strengths out on display, right? I want everybody to shine. When everybody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get everybody's strengths out there so we can be a confident offense. Mike McDonald is doing that on defense. 
Jadavian Clowney came here and everybody's like, he's on his what fourth or fifteen. They called him washed. They said, oh, they're not, if they get anything out of Jadavian Clowney, they'll be lucky. You know, they, they were calling him lazy. They were calling him disgruntled, all this other stuff. And he, I mean, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL this season. He had mad at BK getting 10 and a half sacks. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is turning into not just one of the best strong stages, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Uh, Roquan and Patrick Queen are probably the best linebacking duo in football. You take Brandon Stevens, who came in, who got drafted by the Ravens as a as a safety slash running back out of college and turn him into one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Like he, the fact that he's covered Keenan Allen, he's covered Jamar Chase and who and Marquise Brown and all them and has put you know straps on everybody since he's since mm-hmm. then. You got Geno Stone coming in who was an undrafted rookie and well no I think he was drafted in the seventh round and he's got five picks now. Like six. Six, six picks. picks. What, what, like what you, the, can't, you can't name one player on that defense that hasn't improved, which is crazy. Yeah, and like I, I can't, think, I can't think of one. I think starting the season outside of Roquan and I guess I'll say Roquan and Marcus Williams, there wasn't really an all like in stars on this defense outside of Roquan and Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams obviously with his stuff stint with the, the Saints, but now you've got Stevens uh-huh. now who's become a star. Kyle yeah. Hamilton is a star. Like, he's a star now. Matt Abike is a star on that defense now. Mm-hmm. Clowney is a star. They, reju- they, they revived his entire career on this yeah. defense. Um, yeah. I, don't, I know all coordinators don't make good head coaches. It's a very different job. But it just feels like the players on the defensive side of the ball are responding a lot better to Mike, McDon- Mike, Mike, Mike McDonald. Um, from and it's all levels, right? It's rookies, second year players, veterans. Everybody yeah. has got the same message. Everybody's in tune. Everybody's locked into what they're doing. Um, like you said, the amount of effort everybody's putting on the field. If, if the ball is somewhere, they're going to the ball. They're chasing the ball down. They're not doing any Deontay uh, Deontay Johnsons out here just standing around, you know, yeah. not blocking anybody down, letting the ball get past them and stuff. Um, yeah. But everybody is getting to the ball. You call Hamilton getting off his blocks and stuff. Uh, everybody's getting downfield. The Ravens are doing a great job of no, no everybody's afraid to throw deep on them now. No one, everybody has to throw underneath. They're like, we're not throwing it up top because either Geno's oh, yeah. gonna get it, Brandon's gonna knock it down, Marcus is back there now, and you still got caught like with what at all levels of this defense with the look what he has been able to do. Um, and even after having, you know, I think that one bad game uh against those at the Browns, I believe. Um, he's been able to get out of the what we was what we saw in the offseason, right? In the last year, right? Couldn't push the passer, couldn't sack the quarterback, couldn't get turnovers. The Ravens are almost leading almost every other, every other one of those categories right now. In, 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 in this point, in, in week 12, and now I'm not saying week three, week four, week 12 of the NFL season, and the Ravens defense is, I think, leading quarterback pressures, leading in sacks. Like yeah. I said, four forced turnovers. I mean, it, you would crazy. have, like, look, I he's I think he's only 36, 37 years old. So he's like our age. I don't, I don't know if he wants to leave right now. But, again, there are only 32 of these head coaching jobs. That head coach money is guaranteed. It's a lot of, a lot of money. 
Yeah. With the jobs that are available, we look at the Panther situation right now. Could be the Raiders. I don't know what said Red Throne Pier situation is gonna happen. Maybe the Jets, a couple other teams. Do you think there's a possibility they could lose Mike McDonald? I won't say this year, but within the next two years. That there's a possibility think, he could be gone. I think there's within the next two years, I think absolutely there's a possibility that he'll be gone. As far as this as far as next year, I think it's gonna be kind of a kind of like a situation when we were trying to sign Lamar. Um, and then like then we ended up signing Odell and then Lamar like turned around and he ended up signing and, and staying. I think Mike McDonald's gonna have to I think he's gonna make a decision based off of who we retain. Mm-hmm. Because you know the unit that he's working with now um pretty much has been the unit that you know like like he's locked in on this unit. like you can tell that like you said those guys respond to him and he pours into those guys as well like i think like for example one if you know we're pretty much going to lock up meta bk like, we, we just have to yeah, um, yeah yeah patrick queen you know we're obviously unsure about it's going to be very difficult to keep him keep him there but there's going to be some key guys that I think if we're able to retain them, then I think that'll make his decision easier to, to, to kind of remain. And also, just because there's a head coaching job open, it doesn't mean that that's the right move to make. Um, the fact that he's already being considered as a head coach, he already has leverage to, you know, kind of wait and see what might be the best job for him. Because I feel like he'd kind of be a lead candidate for a lot of these teams already had he been, had he been available. So... I don't think he needs to go jump on a head coaching job just because it's available and that now you'll have a year of head coaching under your belt because coaches don't necessarily want to do that. I mean, obviously, if you're doing it strictly for the money, then, yeah, that's one thing. Go get a check. But you could be fired in a year. Yeah. Going to the wrong going to the wrong organization. So I I think he I think it's like a wait and see situation. I don't I don't I don't think he's going to necessarily go to a team like the Panthers um, because they don't really have much that you can look forward to on the, in that organization. I mean, I'm not going to look at Bryce Young and be like, oh, this is the future. You know, like, he's a defensive quarterback anyway. Bryce Young is not going to lead him over there. Unless you have, you know, somebody over there that you know can be can be that guy. So, I think he's safe. With, uh, I think I don't think he goes anywhere next year because I think we, we will be able to keep some of our guys but mm-hmm. you know, eventually the way we're seeing our defense going and people you know pretty much pricing themselves out of <laughs> especially on the defensive side of the ball like I, I think it'll be an easy decision for them to make maybe in a couple of years versus versus next season what's up trap what uh my i was on bye week you on vacation yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so if we're talking about we were talking about like you know mike mcdonald and just how he's uh, taking this defense on historic levels, like levels we haven't seen uh, in a long time. And, you know, there's a rumblings going around now that, you know, he could be offered. Not say he'll take it, but he will definitely, I think, be getting offers this offseason um, or interviews, especially to go head coach. Somewhere. Do you think that, I mean, there's a possibility in the next year or two he could be gone? Yeah, I can see him going to a team um that's stable i mean i don't think he's gonna want to go just anywhere like he sees mike mcdonald seems to be a guy that is pretty aware and would pick the right situation for him i think he just seems very intelligent um so i think like if a team like the panthers was trying to offer him something 
think he passed. Um, I don't, I don't see him want to go to a situation where it's a broken organization, but I think they are going to come after him. I don't see him leaving next season. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I, I think we're about a year away from that. Um, but I think he is going to be a hot commodity because this defense, what he's done post week Martindale has been amazing. And when we see how Wink Martindale has been since he left the Ravens, it kind of starts that narrative that, okay, maybe, you know, the talent carried Wink Martindale and he kind of like brought the, brought the defense down. And then you saw a guy come in, young guy, bright guy, who's able to take this defense to new levels. So I see him being a hot commodity. I just don't see him leaving because there's not a lot of great situations. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's in a rush. Um, yeah, he's only 36. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be honest, I mean, if he sticks around long enough, this job may be open. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, so I mean, if you're the Ravens right now, it's not – I will say there's precedent for this, at least in Baltimore. They did do this with, I think it was Jerry Rosberg when he was here. They made him assistant head coach and were paying him pretty good money. Um, it's not, it's definitely not out of this, out of the realm of possibility that the Ravens could be, could just, you know, give him, he's still defensive coordinator, but give him assistant head coaching job, you know. Um, I think a lot of that depends on how this season ends, right? With with ball, if, if this season ends with a really bad taste in Bashadi's mouth, like he's like, we 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 didn't perform well. We were supposed to in the postseason, or we get kicked out early in the first round, or something like that. And you know, and especially if it's a hardball game, right? <laughs> you know, if it's a hardball game in the first round, and he's making mistakes like he did in that Chargers game, because I know Bashadi looks and look. Um, Eric DaCosta is on the sideline. I feel like every game he's watching, he's looking to. He's like, you know, but I mean, I think DaCosta and Harbaugh are pretty buddy-buddy. But there is a point where if you, you're you trying to get to that next level, and somebody brought up a good point, right, uh, on the radio about how they don't like the fact that the Ravens are in the first place. They're like, nah, man, I like the Ravens being underdogs. I don't like them being number one. And I was like, we got to get past that mindset as fans. We can't keep hoping that the Ravens are the fifth, sixth seed, and, you know, get into a wild card and just kind of make a run. Uh, you know, no one's expecting us, and you know, and we just kind of make a run. We gotta stop. I feel like we, we have to stop that as a fan base. You know, the Chiefs fan base expects to be number one or a number two every year, but the expect. They, I think they said they the Chiefs have hosted every AFC Championship game for the last five years. Like it, there's an expectation in Kansas City that. The AFC Championship is going to run through Kansas City every year as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are running the helm here. And I think as Ravens fans, I think it's dare to dream time. Like, it's it's time for the Ravens, I think, as an organization to hit. No one's really going to take the Ravens seriously. They're going to keep calling them a dark horse team every year, a good enough team to make the playoffs. They're never going to call a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender until we start meeting those expectations where – we are the number one team in the AFC. We we I, don't, I think we've had one AFC Championship game, and that was back in what 2011, 2011 maybe 2010, I think it was against the Steelers. Um, that was the last time. So I mean, how many times have we t- complain about the Ravens rarely getting any home games during the playoffs, right? 
you know so i think it's it's time as ravens fans and as an organization to be like you know you have to look at john harbaugh a little bit like um he's good right now but we're trying to get to a different level we need we need to get to a different level we got to get to a different level if if c bashadi wants that extra revenue coming in and getting all the, the you know the commercials like like pat mahomes has with state farm and stuff and kelsey's got was like if you want the commercials and all that stuff you want your guys out there on national tv mark andrews and lamar and roquan and them you're gonna need to start being number one it's okay it's fine <laughs> um so I, I think that that's going to really depend on how this season ends. Now, look, I will say, if the Ravens go to the Super Bowl and we win, Harbaugh could be like, all right, you know, it was a good run. I'm just going to take a break. He may not quit coaching, but he'd be like, I'll take a break for a little bit, you know, go, go on somewhere else. Knowing he's like, no, nah, I've been playing with house money this whole time, and I got two Super Bowls, solidified, my, solidified myself as a Hall of Fame head coach, and get right. up on out of here. <laughs> I'll get my gold jacket in about five years. So, um but yeah, I think not Mike McDonald being young enough, being 36 years old, you you have to see how, like I said, we haven't seen this. I'll tell Trey, we haven't seen this since Rex Ryan and Marvin Lewis. We haven't seen it since then. I think it's, you know, both of those guys are then becoming head coaches. So, um, look, I, I would have to, I don't know if they're going to do like they did with DaCosta. You know, they have, I think DaCosta for what, four or five years was kind of that GM and waiting under Ozzie Newsome. Um, but uh, I would have to assume that if you see, you see how these players are responding and how they're playing to a different level on defense than they have in years, they're, I mean, I guess I told you, they, they're getting, the, the, they're, they're leading the league in sacks, leading the league in quarterback pressures, turnovers, all, all, the, all the key stats you want your defense to lead in, the Ravens are leading in it. And a lot of that is due to Mike McDonald and getting these guys on the same page. Um, so I would, if, if the, it would behoove the Ravens to seriously consider, especially Steve Bashotti, writing a little bit of a bigger check, <laughs> maybe in the coming year or two. When it comes, if 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 my McDonald starts getting offers and he's considering them, maybe hey, how much is it going to cost to keep you here? But <laughs> right. I want right. to keep you here, you know. So uh, um, before you yeah, before we want Travis, you yeah, any um, comments on the game for the Char- Ravens Chargers before we move on? You're on mute. You're on mute, man. I can't hear you. All right. I don't know how there I keep going on mute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure y'all cover most of it, so I'll keep it to five points. Harbaugh's an idiot. That's number <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> you know, to not challenge those first downs, which could have really put this game away early, um, is I don't have another word to describe it but idiot. Um, Todd Munkin needs to step up um, we're seeing a trend with Todd Munkin where he comes out the game plan seems brilliant first quarter, beginning of the second quarter as soon as the offensive line looks shaky Todd Munkin looks like he struggles to have a feel for the game um, we get into this this thing of like we're just going to try to uh, uh, eliminate our run game and try to run the ball by throwing screens to Zay Flowers. Um, that's not going to fly. We need more from Todd Munkin. Be more creative. Um, attack where we know, where we are seeing the game take us. Um, the running game was strong. 
Uh, our boy King Mitchell is strong. Feed him the ball. We wait too long to get back to what we do well um, as a team. Um, number three, we have to figure out a way to not have what Keenan Allen did to us continue to happen. Um, there was a, there was a lot of cushion. Um, you know, our defense played well overall, but Keenan Allen really dominated that game for the Chargers. Um, and you know, I can see us getting in a position where teams take that, take those comebacks, those slants, and really attack our receivers in that way. Um, number four, defense is still amazing. They made plays. Um, I like how Patrick Queen stepped up. I love Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, honestly, if Kyle Hamilton had the stats to match, he'd be my defensive player of the year. But I know he doesn't have the stats to get that. Um, number five, Lamar is getting a little too scatterbrained in the pocket. I know the offensive line is terrible. I actually have a six one now that I say that. The offensive <laughs> line has been terrible. Um but he's starting to panic a lot more. I, mean, I think he's anticipating the offensive line not blocking, and he's just he's just getting scatterbrained. Like especially like when you're looking at end of that second quarter, probably through up until the fourth quarter, where we took control again. Um, Lamar was very scattered and very inaccurate um, when he was very precise in that first the first quarter and a half. Um, point number six: Ronald, Ronnie Stanley got to get the hell out of here, man. I mean, it's abysmal to watch him play football right now. I mean, if he's hurt, we need to shut him down. Um, he's just, I don't know, he's hes hes awful. This is, he's a shell of himself. I mean, and Morgan's, Morgan Moses isn't any better. I mean, I, I don't know if y'all said this or if I just made this up in my head, but I thought I heard someone say it. But I honestly would love to see Makari get another chance at right tackle. I think we might be stronger with that. But, yeah, that's how I feel about the game. I mean, great that we got a victory, but I, did, I, not, I didn't walk away feeling good at all. Yeah, yeah. kind of echo some of our sentiments, too, like especially with Ronnie Stanley. Uh, and Corey said, uh, Ron, forget, keep forgetting every when Lamar gets hurt, got hurt the last two years, the Ravens were in first place. Lamar yeah. So, uh, again, this is expectation. Right, the Ravens, when Lamar is playing, is the number one team. So I'm tired of everybody saying, oh, Lamar is this and that. When Lamar is in, the Ravens are one of the best, if not the best team. Yeah. Period. So, yeah. um, let's move on to the bye week outlook, right? So, right, Ravens are, Harbaugh goes into the locker room, I think, after the game and, you know, tells everybody, you know, giving y'all the week off. Giving everybody the week off, everybody from, Monday through Sunday, you're all y'all are off. So um I'm pretty sure the guys were like they're already in LA. They probably like, like you know, stay out there for a few more days or you know, get out to Mexico or something, you know, get on the beach somewhere, you know, chill out for a few days and stuff. Um but you know, with uh week 13 coming up, we got um the Ravens, you know watching you know they'll be watching other teams this week so we got let's see we have the um Steelers playing the Cardinals Chiefs playing the Packers and Bengals playing the Jaguars 
Um, definitely some games that couldn't be lost or won. Packers did win their game against the, was it the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving or whatever. Um, and uh, the Jaguars are doing what they do every year. When Trevor Lawrence, he seems to get together after after the bye week and then after week eight, week nine, he starts like, all right, I'm going to show you guys how well I'm going to drop draft pick. Starts playing well. Um, and the, the Cardinals, you know, they got Kyler Murray back, you know, Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse is back. So, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it, it, we'll see what happens with that game. But um, with the, what the Ravens have to work on, yeah, I say come to the right time, get guys healthy. You get Marlon, who was considering, I think he was a game time decision for that Chargers game, decided not to play him. Uh, we finally saw Broderick Washington get on the field after being a healthy scratch from last week. So he got a sack in that game. Um, I know the players are going to be, you know, gone for a week, but I think this is definitely a perfect time for these coaches to work out some of those wrinkles that they, especially on offense, that they need to fix. I think the one thing for sure, they meet, they have to shake up that over the line a little bit. Um, you know, you're locked in. You're pretty good with, you know, um, Linderbaum in the center and Zeitler at right guard. But, you know, I can't really say Simpson's been playing well at left guard. He's been okay. The, the left side of that line is bad. The left side of the line is a total, is a to, is in, in totality, is not good. And they got to do some shaking up on that line. The problem is you got Ben Cleveland. You got Falafel back there. Like, you don't really have another McCary or Macari back there that you can call up in this situation and kind of come in and, you know, fix that situation. So I, may, I don't know if it's some of that is maybe, um, you know, Justin, where guys are playing, Travis, like you were saying, Macari, maybe maybe he comes in for Moses on the right side. Maybe he comes in for Ronnie Stanley on the, le- on the, on the left side. I don't know what that what that's going to – maybe they they a uh, practice squad guy or somebody, somebody on a waiver wire they can call up real quick. I remember – the Super Bowl year, and they called. They got Brian McKinney, you know, out of nowhere, you know, help play left tackle um, for a little bit. So it's not out of the realm of you know possibility. But um, there's there. It feels like on this offense, especially, there's so many plays left on the field. Like how many times we go from that game where I, mean, I think I, we said it during the halftime and from the hammock during the uh, during the game when they're in between the 20s, especially beginning, they, they look phenomenal. As soon as they get they're creeping towards the red zone, everything shut down. They couldn't they couldn't get past the 20 for some odd reason. And we said, like, I think, you know, I know they missed Mark Andrews, but likely was playing well during that game. Uh, Bateman was catching. All the receivers, for the most part, are catching the ball well, have been for the last several weeks. Um, I was telling Trey, you know, before you came on, it felt like it felt like for the last few weeks, Bateman's getting all his catches in the first quarter, and then you don't see him for the rest of the game. He's just gone. So I'm like, you know, it's really hard for uh, the offense to do much in the second half when you're taking, you know, you're not giving Keaton Mitchell the ball, running running the ball like you're supposed to. You're not throwing the ball to Zay anymore. You're not throwing the ball to Nelson, Belson, barely Nelson Aguilar at this point. So, I mean, you're taking players out of rotation. So it's really easy for defense. Like, right, we're keying on him, we're keying on him. We'll make you, you're not throwing anybody else. Um, the other thing, too, is because of the line, like you were saying, Travis, that Lamar is, he's sitting there too much. I feel like he's trying, he's been doing it for the last three years where he's trying to look for the great play downfield instead of the play that's given to him. And he's not taking it. And I'm, 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 I'm like yelling at the TV all constantly, week in, week out. Just go. Just go. What? Don't sit there and wait for it to happen. Just go. Like, this is not college. Like, if you may get one or two of those plays 
every game where the guy comes back, you make a great play for 40 yards down the field, you know, where the play breaks down, you make a pass. Nine times out of 10, you're either taking a sack there or you're getting a complete pass. Like, you, you, because of the legs that he has, and I feel like there are moments in that play where the lane, the running lanes open up for Lamar, where he can go. He just chooses not to. And I think Lamar, Munkin has, and Lamar need to talk and have a conversation where it's like he needs to tell Lamar, like, look, Ronnie Stanley, um, he's the left tackle right now. He's dealing with a, le- a knee and ankle issue. He's not going to get any better, right? The left side of our line is not better. You're a right-handed thrower, okay? You need to have that. If, if we're not calling quick passes, if something's drawn down the field and nothing opens up right away, you just need to just go. Like, don't sit there and wait for it. I don't, don't, don't run around and scramble and wait for it. Um, I can't tell you how many times during this this season already we've seen the Ravens get out of scoring position, especially Tucker position, to kick field goals because Lamar took a sack too late because he held the ball too long. No, even in the game, even in the game, I guess the Chargers think he got an intentional grounding. We held the ball too long, backed up 20 yards, and then threw the ball into the dirt. So I'm like, you know, he's. I think he's got to get to a situation for the rest of the year where it's like, I, I, we, we understand that you want to be heralded as a passer. We get that. We understand that if you start running the ball in these situations, they're going to call you a running back again. It doesn't matter at this point. Look what Jalen Hurts just did. Jalen Hurts won the game on a quarterback draw using his legs. Using his legs. You yep. got to do, you, you know, God gave you a gift, man. Use it. Don't be ashamed. Don't worry about what they call you. If that, if your legs help you win the Super Bowl, I don't care what you call me. You can say whatever you want about me, but you you know that your position is solidified. So I think Lamar, and I think it has to be coached up too. I think T. Martin's got to get in his ear. Monk has got to get in his ear. Like, look, Lamar, look, you got to have that clock, man. If we're not calling these quick plays or you're audible out of something, you know it's going to drag out. You know it's going. If nothing opens up right away, you have to go. Don't sit there and wait. You have to go. And I think that offense, if you start seeing that happen. I think this offense will be a little bit more dynamic because then the defense doesn't know what to do. It's like, well, if Lamar is going to take off, then sh- they, they don't even have guys guard like blocking really for him anymore because they know he's Lamar's not going to run. Lamar's is going to wait and sit back, and guys are getting easy sacks on him because he's sitting there in the pocket. So I think that has to change. Um, and um, in the but for the defense, uh, I don't think it's much they got to do. I think they just you know they got to keep doing what they've been doing. You know, maybe you find when Marlon gets healthy and he's back out there finding a spot for him. Um, again, I, I don't think I think it would be foolish to take Brandon Stevens out of that number one role just because Marlon is healthy. I think Brandon Stevens has proven to be the number one cornerback, and I think that. That's okay if you just let Marlon cover the slot and cover the the second guy. You know, I don't think you need to put. We saw what happened when he put uh, when they put Marlon on Pickens when he came back after that injury. And Pickens <laughs> Pickens cooked him on that and that touchdown. I mean, look, we saw that. So I'm like, I, I think at this point you got to go with the hot hands on either side of the ball. Um, defense, I mean, especially the the rushing. Is there like look? These guys are they're getting they're getting sacks, man. They're fi- they're finally starting to get the sacks now. Like they're not getting the almost stuff. Like it's they're starting to they're starting to you know Chuck Smith the the sack coach or whatever. It's it's clear that the stuff's working. It's working. Yeah. It's it, they're, 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 we see the moves that they're the, the finesse moves, the power moves that they're using. Um, yeah, like I said defense. Like I said, they're doing. I, I can't really say 
you know, they got to do anything better. Like, just keep doing what you guys have been doing. And number one, number two defense in the, in the NFL right now. So that, that's just my that's my outlook on the bye week. The Ravens got to get done. Yeah. They were, it's funny you said that. Like, they were, they were so dedicated to, like, the stunts and all the creativity they've been doing at, at the line. Oh, yeah, that play. That tween just kind of was so dedicated to this stunt. He had a clear shot of her, but it just kind of – Didn't take it, yeah. Yeah, like, he was like, standing wow. right next to him. He was like – He was out of his foot towards the stunt. He was trying to clear it out for Beaks, but he said he's never doing that again. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, like you said – um the defense is not really too much criticism you can have. I mean, especially in the sack the pause. Especially in the sack department. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Like the fact that they're leading the league at, at that, it's like literally night and day. Like like I was just telling Miles like right before you got on Travis, I think like at literally every player on his team has been improved since the previous season. Like I've never seen a, a a defense where every player on the field has improved and even the new new guys that we got we know where they've been before and they've improved from what we've seen from them in the past like it's crazy you can go literally go down the line i think marlon might be the only player where it's kind of like you know he didn't get worse but he's been marlon like i mean it really wasn't much room for improvement i mean it's always room for improvement but for him it's kind of like he's been here and we kind of know what we get out of him. But literally everybody on that defense has improved. So it's, it's really not much to say um, as far as the defense outside of keep doing what you're doing and, and hopefully just keep showing up that run defense as well. Because that seemed like that was really the only weak link that we had um, in the last several games. But outside of that, I mean, just getting healthy. Hopefully uh, Matty BK is cool after that concussion. Uh, we don't want to see those start to pile up. I don't know if he's actually been – ruled with the concussion i know he was in concussion protocol but i didn't hear anything about like what that's what this is i'm sure they're gonna keep that low to the you know to the week of the next game but yeah the defense we sh- not, nothing to say um and, and the offense just going forward we, we're just gonna have to learn life without andrews and it, i mean it's unfortunate that he went down because we were kind of just learning life with our new targets and with the receivers and things like that we're kind of still figuring it out and with andrews being in the field that presence you know he always attention. and now that you know we won't have that it's going to be critical that we are possibly hitting some of these plays downfield now because mm-hmm. we take them we gotta somehow force the defense to um to respect respect that deep ball because all of the short stuff underneath like we need to do a lot more of it because of our offensive line and the, situ- the position that we're in. We don't have the same protection that we, that we once had. But without having a deep ball, you know, the defense is going to be able to just kind of, you know, load the box and they can play everything short. And that's what I feel like I've been seeing lately is that, you know, we haven't really been going downfield as much. And part of it is because we haven't hit the shots that we've taken down there. Um, I think it's going to be critical to somehow figure out a way to draw up some schemes where we can get guys wide open down the field and maybe if we can start hitting on a bunch of those that's when lamar can play lamar ball because now he has the whole middle of the field to work with and we've seen what what happens in games where where we're doing that so um that's really just take away as far as offensively I, I just think just getting used to to life without without andrews um keep utilizing the targets 
and being cons- more consistent in our play calling. Um, like I said, Bateman's getting plays in the first quarter, like Miles said earlier, and then we're not seeing him at all in the whole second half. Something, you know, something's not right. Like something, something's wrong with that. And um, just, just, just playing a better game. Munkin has played a, has coached a, a great game for the most part of the season. There's just been a couple of times where it's like, ah, kind of questionable. And usually those times, Harbaugh's been questionable as well. So maybe there's kind of a link of those situations that are wrong. But yeah, outside of that, get healthy. And I don't know what we're going to do with Stanley, but, you know, hopefully this extra week gives his knee a little bit of, you know, a little bit of juice to, to heal up and do whatever he got to do. But uh, really the only concern is protecting Lamar because the past seasons, we've, like before we said, we've been a number one seed. And this is around the time where, you know, I think we've passed it now, but like, you know, yeah. not wood. With Lamar, we've seen Lamar go down and injuries and things like that. So, you know, we can't afford to have him hurt, especially not at the hands of you know, our our left tackle. We know we've been struggling, and we decided to leave him out there. So, hopefully, we can get that together. Um, I think if we clean up that, we keep Lamar protected. I think the second half of the season, we're, we're going to be good, even though we got probably the third toughest. I think they said the third toughest schedule remaining. Um, because I'm really concerned about that stretch extra concerned about Christmas night because Chase Young and, and, and Bosa, like, it's it's going to be a problem. They Chargers didn't even have Joey Bosa on the field, and, and we saw how that kind of went with just Khalil Mack out there. So that, that that's really the biggest takeaway is that hopefully we can figure something out at the line and um, give Lamar more opportunities. But I do agree with everything you said about just Lamar sitting in the pocket and holding the ball too long. We've seen a lot, a lot too that we seen way too much of that on um, the last few games. So hopefully we can clean that up. Yeah. Um <clears throat> at first I was a little uh skeptical about this giving the players a week off knowing we had so much to work with but mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it because we do need to get healthy. But these coaches better not take any time off. Not at all. There's like like you both have said there's so much to clean up. And to be honest, if we're being completely honest, we're 12 games into the season. I don't know what our offensive identity is. It, it changes week to week, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think we're like, oh, I think we're balanced. But then it's like, what, what, what is our way to consistently attack a defense? Because the play calling and, you know, our success is so inconsistent. So I don't feel like we have an offensive identity that we can lean on. Now, we know it should be the run game, but it's not. So there's a lot to work on. Um, I think, you know, the coach has got to figure a way to get Zay the ball more. Um, He doesn't touch the ball enough. And, you know, they were critical of him after the game saying, yeah, it was cool that he got these two touchdowns, but we need more. And I think it was Lamar and maybe some other coaches too. Um, they're wanting more out of Zay, but where's the opportunity? We're not putting him, we're not putting him in space. Like I think the thing that frustrated me the most recently is we see success with these quick throws, these slants, right? But we go away from it, and it's not like it's not there. Like the middle field, like it's always been, has is open for us. Like we have that available to us, so we just go away from it. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's Lamar or just overall play calling. 
I didn't really have to look at the all 22 to really gather that. But we have to figure it out. So I, I need Todd Munkin totally locked in this week. Um, when the players come back, we, we've got to figure out the offensive line. I'm surprised we haven't gone after Leal Collins. I mean, former pro bowlers, but seen yeah. on the free agent market all season. Throw him on the practice squad. Let's see what he has. I mean, right. he's a free agent. Can't be worse than Ronnie team. Stanley right now, right? right. <laughs> or, or just or just sign him just to light a fire under Stanley's ass. Like, right. Right. So, um, yeah, we, we got to fix the offensive line. It, it's sad to watch. It honestly is. And I know that influences some of the play calling and why we're seeing, you know, 20 screens a game. But we, we need some improvement there. We got to shake it up. Um, defensively, I just want us to stay healthy. Get Marlo healthy. Marcus Williams, try to attach your arm back together. Uh, <laughs> But really just stay healthy, man. That, that's really what I want to see for the defense. I would love to see kind of like what you said, Marlon, Marlo in the slot, put um, Darby and um, my guy All-Pro on the outside. I think that would be great for this defense. Um, I want to see us try to get Broderick Washington back in. He came back with the yeah. vengeance. He did, yeah. <laughs> he I, think said, benched, I think getting benched. Yeah. But yeah, I think getting benched. Yeah. He was like, oh, my 15 million about to be gone. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to see the defense get healthy. Uh, but the probably the biggest thing that we really gotta hit the panic button on is special teams. Special what teams. the hell is yeah. going on? I mean, we're not great in coverage. We weren't great putting the ball last week. And I mean, what's going on with Tuck? Like I was yeah. telling Travis, I, I I think I was telling Trey. Like it yeah. feels like he's already had well, at least two or three field goals blocked this year, and I think it's in the back of his head now, where he's got to rush what he's doing. Like he's got to rush his his movements because he's. I mean, we saw it during the game. Like they were, they got a close couple times to blocking that ball. Like no one's blocking that outside guy from coming. Like he's Tucker is probably got PTSD a little bit. Like he's yeah. like he's expecting. The field goal to get blocks is like, I gotta do this. Or I, I, I gotta kick it this way. Or I gotta do this because they're not gonna block the way they're supposed to. And and this isn't the first. And this isn't the first game, obviously, that he's missed missed the kick. But in this Chargers game, and I've heard it not just from Harbaugh, but apparently this this play clock has been running prematurely, like before yeah. everyone noticed. And they did mention that Tuck would never say it, but um, the special teams coach mentioned that they they kept getting like a short clock, like. Tuck pretty much felt rushed in those situations, yeah. even though he would never admit it. But he seems like it's been in that Chargers game specifically. The other games, I don't know, is still you know, it is what it is. But for that to be a, a 44 yarder or whatever it was, like, and he missed it like the way he did. I was like, oh, yeah, I've never, I've mistake. never seen him miss it that bad. That's like bad usually miss. if he misses it, it's like okay, it's a little short. And, yeah, and I think oh, it's a little season, off. And I think the season overall, I think this is like the least we've used Tucker. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, yeah, like we we've been really efficient in the red zone for the most part, and we haven't really needed to use him um, as much. So that might play a part in it. I mean, Tucker's greatness has stemmed from kicking multiple kicks a game for us all year. In any situation, like he's still to go. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't hit the panic panic button panic button. Yes, on special teams general as a whole, because I just feel like. This should be the best unit. Our head coach is John Harbaugh. You're the special teams guy. If if all fails, 
that unit has always been on point for us. But I just can't hit the panic button on Tuck specifically just because he's he's been too great. And and for him to drive from, what, first to second, how do you hit the panic button on that? We're still in better shape than a lot of teams. But there are some kickers that are showing up. And I'm like, wow, okay, like, like yeah. that Eagles kicker. Jake Elliott. Oh, pitch. man. So that was super duper 60, plus. 62 yards in the driving ring? Yeah. Man, yeah. He, he, he won me some bread. So <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I'll, I'll take it, man. Because I had, I had the Eagles, uh, I think, minus – I think I had them minus three or something. I can't remember, but you want me some bread or a money line on one of those bets. So I, I appreciated that. But, you know, I, I think Tuck will get it back. I, I just think, you know, he's not going to keep missing. I just feel like, you know, in those no, no situations, he might have felt a little bit rushed. I think the thing is, I question whether it's actually Tuck. Because when you think about what he's lost over the past few years, yeah, he lost his long true. snapper, lost his holder, and his punter. Yeah, system, the system yeah. is different. The consistency, you know, the familiarity. I don't know, but all around we're bad on special teams. Like we yeah. haven't, like we haven't been horrible in coverage, but we haven't been good. Duve even punt, even been, punt return hasn't been good. Like it's yeah, yeah. Duve hasn't been good. Hasn't been great on kickoffs like he was the past two years, or he hasn't been good at all mm-hmm. in punt returns. Um, has Tyler Wallace, has Tyler Wallace been on special teams? Has he been back? I've seen him on him. As a has gunner. he been dressing? Has he been dressing? He might I, be. I know, he might I be on the teams. I know he missed a few games because he was injured early on, but I, I just I haven't noticed him because. If, if if all else fails, we usually see him making plays on a punt team or whatever the case may be. Like, we usually see him, yeah. you know, making tackles and things like that. He's usually, like, the first guy down there. And I just haven't seen that in the last few weeks. I don't I don't even know if he's been activated. Or yeah, active. I don't know. But, well, I mean. I, I, I think this better. is the time to, like, if you need to make tweaks and stuff, this is the time to do now. that. Right? Yeah. To start getting guys regardless of the practice squad or not. Or, like, you guys are saying, Leo Collins, look who's out there. Like, you you, you're going to need another body on that line. Like, you need somebody else. Like, yeah. at least you, if you bring him during the bye week, you know, he can come in. You you can tell him, like, uh, it's a bye week. Look, man, you've been on bye since the, since the season started, okay? Like, you need to be in the in – the, you put him in the weight room, just get out there with the line coach or something, work him out or whatever, and kind of get him acclimated and stuff. But I think now's the time to, like, if, there, if there's anything that's available to you to get something – Get, make things better. I think this is the time to go ahead and do that. Yeah, um, say a return man. Look, and I, I, so I've been, I've been on this for a while. I, when did teams stop using some of their best players on special teams? Because remember this Ed Reed. Remember really? Ed Reed for the first few years when he played for the Ravens. He played on field goal block unit, punt return. Yeah, punt, I mean, like he he played on all the special teams units, and he made an impact. They were getting paid a lot. They were getting paid a lot less money back then too. That's true. And uh, I but think just yeah, I think the I, fact I, that none of got all the statistics on injuries on these special teams plays, they just like we can't afford to put our investment back there. The primary, you know, it, it's all a lot of teams, and for, especially for playoff teams, Super Bowl teams, that's that's usually the X factor. That special yeah. teams, you getting those like big punt returns, big kick returns, kicking sixty-two mm-hmm. yard field goals, like that's an X factor. End of the like, season, like 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind putting like, look, I'm not, I'm not saying you got to put Zay back there every game, but if it's like a crucial game and it gets a, especially at this stretch run against an AFC opponent, if it's against the Steelers, I'm like, I'm putting Zay back there. Put Zay back yeah. there and see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, like give him, let's get one. Let's go get one. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I love Dove, but like for real, Dove is stiff in the hips, bro. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, we saw that. We saw in the, the Titans game, right? The he, London game. He, he don't got down by the punter. Even before his injury, it's not like he was ever a man of many moves. Like he's he yeah. was just kind of like a straightaway straightaway runner. And I think before the injury before the injury, he was way faster than he is. Way faster now. than he is now, yeah. He's a lot that, that, was, that was really the only thing he's had was his speed. And yeah. and that was it. He didn't really have moves, but now since the injury, he's not even that bad. Yeah. So it's like the only the only value he pretty much brings now is kind of like a security. It's like, all right, we know. You know, we know he, he won't fumble the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's very rare that he'll ever make any mistakes, and I think that's why we're keeping him around. And I think sometimes that in itself is worth it because it's like, all right, like at least just don't turn the ball over, just secure it, get us to the twenty, whatever you got to do, offense take care. Of it. And that, that is valuable because when you see teams that that aren't like that, pro, you know, we saw what Proche did in the Browns game and things <laughs> like that. Like, it. That's it could cost you. But we're keeping around for security, but like, I mean, after the season, I'm sure they're going to reevaluate yeah. that anyway. Yeah. I think that's the one, like, I mean, the 2012 season when we had Jacoby Jones as part returner slash kick returner. That was the difference. That yeah. was the difference in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Go, you have go Jacoby back. Jones. Go back to the our first Super Bowl, Jermaine Lewis. The Jermaine I mean, Lewis. Like, not that we would have lost without him, but like, he was returning kicks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that was it the was difference like that. maker. Having that yeah. a, having that ability on special teams, especially punt, because even kick returner just kicking the ball out of bounds and then return. Yeah. But on punt return, like that's an opportunity to not. It's not only uh, you get good field position, but you could possibly get a touchdown, and it's like a morale booster. Whatever the situation is, like if your team returns a punt like that, I mean, you could imagine you know, in a playoff game and Zay Flowers returns a touchdown. And the Ravens go up by go up by ten now. They got a ten point lead. Crowds going crazy. Defense is going nuts now. Like mm-hmm. that. Those are kind of those are those those are exciting plays are what I think help put teams over that hump when it comes to being a, a, a Super Bowl contender. Having all three phases work, not just oh we're going to kick this thirty yard field goal to you know get three points. You know, do oh, you yeah. have an X factor, especially in the return game that could. Even in a kick return, if they were feeling it, like you got a guy that's that dangerous back there, can get you to the forty-five yard line. Especially when, for the offense. Especially when we got a good defense that's forcing teams to punt a lot. Like right, yep. exactly. And, you, and you're keeping if your defense is keeping the team, you know, behind their own thirty-yard line. You got tons of space to move around. Tons of space to. Move. So I'm like, I, I just again, I, this team just feels like, feels like on offense and special teams are leaving plays out there and they were trying to during earlier in this season we saw duvernay call for fair catch and he was like no one no one near him for 20 yards like what are you doing (laughs) why are you calling fair catch and you see him he would call fair catch catch the ball and shake his head like i shouldn't damn like he's doing it by second nature now he's just it's not even he's not even thinking he's just doing it he's raising his hand so um let me talk about this uh schedule real quick before we get out of here uh so i can present this share screen Raven schedule. All right. So right now we got was it five games left. We got the Rams, Rams. The Ravens have three games at home of these next five, right? So yeah, I play the Rams. Then it's the Jags away. 
then away again at the 49ers, Dolphins, uh, a home game, and then a home game against the Steelers. Um, what do you guys do you, for to lock up the number one seed? What do you think has to happen? What do you think has to play out here? Lock up the number one seed? I don't think we can lose more than one game. Yeah, I think we can only lose one game at at most, honestly. Um, and even that, like, because, yeah, one game. And, and I, don't, I just don't – I'm just not going to have my hopes up for that because, you know, just looking at the schedule now, I mean, come on, man. We got to – we. The Rams, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a cakewalk still, um, but we should win that game. But like Jacksonville, Forty ers Miami, back to back to back, yeah. and that's not even counting the Steelers team that's already beat us already with, with the team that they got. Right. So yeah, it's gonna be a far cry from from getting the first the one seed. It it would be it would be nice if we can if we can get these upsets. Um, maybe maybe coming out of this bye week we're gonna see something that we haven't seen before. But unless that happens, we're gonna drop a couple of these games. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think to get the number one, I don't I agree with Travis. I I think we we can only afford maybe to lose one because I can almost assure you that the Chiefs' remaining schedule is not as difficult as this. Yeah. Um, yo, like we we like when you think about it, we have two teams, possibly three teams, who are really in play right now. Because the, what the Jaguars are in play for first place, the number one seed, right? Mm-hmm. Dolphins are in play; they're right up there with us. And Pittsburgh seven and four, so they're not far, like. You know, I don't have faith Pittsburgh's going to be the number one seed, but they're yeah. not far. Like, every game matters right now. Everything is so tight. Like, Buffalo just went to 10th place for losing one game, and they were in the running. So, like, everything is so tight right now. We can't afford to slip up. We can't afford to have a hardball game. We have to win out. Like, the Rams are scary because their strength right now is our weakness, running the ball. And our run defense is leaky. Yeah. Um, the Jaguars are dangerous. 49ers are dangerous. Dolphins are dangerous. Um, you know, two is, two is a head case, but golly, that speed. Yeah. Um, and then Steelers, it's a Steelers-Ravens game, so. Yeah, and just to, <sighs> yeah. Just to give you context of what we're going up against, the Chiefs' remaining schedule, they have the Packers, they have the Bills, they have the Patriots, the Raiders again, Bengals, and then they have the Chargers. Like, their schedule is way easier than ours. I mean, the Bills game is going to be a tough game because, you know, Chiefs-Bills. And the Raiders game, maybe, but they've already, you know, they already had their close game with them. I don't think it'll be close the second time around. And then if you, if uh, if we want to talk about the, I think the Bills are done. What did the Bills have? Like, five, five losses? Four losses? So, I don't think the Bills are really not really too concerned about them but but they they have a pretty they got the chief they got the chiefs they got the cowboys they got the chargers patriots and then the dolphins so the bills have a tough road i'm not really concerned about the bills but but the jags and the uh and the chiefs 
that that's let me let me look at the Jag schedule real quick because I'm just curious of what they're working with remaining. So the Jags, they have the Bengals, the Browns, the quarterbackless Bengals, the quarterbackless Browns. It could be Joe Flacco again and, and uh, playing for real, for real. Um, then the Jags have us. Then you have the Buccaneers, Carolina, and the Titans. Jaguars have the easiest shot to the one seed, honestly. This schedule, this schedule is ridiculous. They they have we're the only remaining tough team for them. I mean, the Titans game is a divisional game, but it you know that'll that'll probably be a tough game for them. But it's the last game of the season. But yeah, Bengals, Browns, Bengals, Browns, then the Ravens, and then Bucks, Panthers, and the Titans. They kind of have a. I mean, the Browns might give them a tough game still because they they have really really good defense, but. We definitely have the hardest role. So, yeah. No. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a long, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a hard stretch. It's going to be a tough challenge. Like, we can't let up. Like, our foot has to be on the gas pedal. Like, yeah. we, we have a very small, because if, if we're being totally honest, it's so tight that we could easily fall out of the playoffs too if we don't come to play every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this race is crazy right now. I haven't, I don't remember like a playoff race being this tight, like coming down this far in the season. Like things usually start to shape out, but it's like after this weekend, if we look at it, we could be like, we could drop down to the number three or number four seed. Crazy. And we could easily be one or two losses out of the playoffs. Right, like I mean, it's that tight up and down. It's yep. what three three teams at eight and three. There are two other teams at seven and four, and then like every there's like another five teams at six and five. like it, everybody's within a game or two and, of each other, I, right? Am I moving over the schedule for for the Jags and the Chiefs? Yeah. The Jags have literally the easy. They have a couple of division games, but they yeah. have literally the easiest schedule. They got the Browns, probably the tough. They, well, they got us and they got the Browns, but then they got to play the Titans, and right. and they don't really have any tough teams. And the same thing for the um for the Chiefs, they don't really the have Dolphins much. Dolphins got a good easy schedule too, right? I think the Dolphins got a pretty easy schedule. Sure they do. I forgot to even check the Dolphins actually. Now the Dolphins got the Titans, Jets, Cowboys, and us. So, so the Ooh, Cowboys. Oh, the Commanders. They got the Commanders this week. So the Commanders, Titans, Jets. They got, the, they got the bills too. They got the bills last. Bills, bills last. last. Okay. Bills they, got, last. they got a pretty okay schedule. But they got them. They're at home though. It's like you know, yeah. they're yeah. playing at home. And if they were playing in Buffalo, I could get that. But like they're playing in, in Miami, so it's like, yeah, yeah the Ravens yeah. with the the Forty ers You got this, another division game against the Steelers coming up. The Jags who are getting hot right now. Like I've been more comfortable playing the Jags earlier in the season than I would be right now <laughs> playing them. This is what they. This is what Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and them do. They they get they tend to get hot around week nine, week ten, and they start showing off now. Um, so yeah, it, it's not going to be easy. I think they they're looking. If the Ravens are smart and they're the coaches are smart and the players are looking at it, yeah, they're nine and three. But like you said, Travis, I think it's reminding the guys that we can't take our, like we say about each game about not taking our foot off the gas. This is the rest of the season. We're gonna have to grind this thing out because. I know they're talking about us as number one seed right now, but in a week or two, 
we could be we could drop out of the the first the first four seeds and then drop into the fifth or sixth seed or seventh seed. So and that's the thing because like you know the first four seeds are given to the division winners. If the Ravens aren't keeping that top spot, bam, they get knocked right out of that. So it's like, yeah, I, I think if, if we somehow find a way to not make the playoffs this season, I don't care how competitive. Oh, I think Harbaugh is done. That 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 would be a colossal failure. I think that'll be a justifiable. Yeah, that'd be a colossal <laughs> failure if they if they lose like please. if they go in like a five game losing streak and lose all five. Yeah, then, oh lord, fireable <laughs> offense, fireable crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I I I I don't think that's gonna happen with this team just because of I think they got they got some moxie about them and it feels different than it has the last few years. Um, but like we said, you know, for the the outlook for the bye week, they're gonna start have to taking advantage, like you said, Trey, of these of the deep plays. They got to. There it's been there. Like the Lamar's missed by a yard. It got dropped. It you know it's it's been there. But I think that we've said that previous shows this that's what's going to take this team to the, this office to the next level when they can start scaring teams and they can get 45 yards 50 yard bombs down the field like that when you got zay flowers and odell in them you, they can and bateman like you can cast those cast those over the top catches or whatever and go for touchdowns that's going to open up a whole world of offense for this for this team and make things a lot easier for them but like you guys were saying if they keep everything short and everything is five yards six yards and making your players kind of kind of like the, the the 49ers offensive scheme you know you're throwing everything short and letting McCaffrey Kittle and Debo and them get all the extra yards and I'm like but until that happens for this Ravens team um I I I, I think that they're gonna continue having these lulls in the offense during each week and I just think that when it comes down to if they make when they make it to the, if they make it to the playoffs and you're facing the Chiefs, or you're facing the Dolphins, you're facing maybe the Steelers again, uh, or this Browns defense and stuff. You can't have these lulls and on offense, right? You can't have these situations where your uh, four turnovers, they only get three points. That's going to kill you in a playoff game. If you get right. four turnovers and only get three points, you're going to lose that game in the playoffs against these kind of against a Pat Mahomes. If you if Pat Mahomes gives you four turnovers, you need to capitalize on that. You yeah. need to capitalize on that. So, um, yeah. and 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 it's time. This is this is uh this is an eighteen million dollar moment at this point. Yeah, After five weeks, this this is time to earn that money. Yeah, uh, we we what you're paid for, right? This yeah, is we've seen the flash, but this is this is literally the clock has started on what this money was 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 uh yeah. paid for. It's literally. Yeah, literally. I mean, look, I think Jalen put a little bit of pressure too because. You know, winning that game in the, in the with the weather conditions and everything, and look, I mean, Josh Allen played one of his best football games all season, and jo- and 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 Jalen Hurts didn't didn't play his greatest game, but still found a way to win the football game. And I think that's what Lamar's going to have to do. It doesn't have to be pretty, but when it comes time, do Lamar, we need you to go win this game for us. He's got to go do that now. So, um, but yeah, all right, well. It's gonna be a good, decent bye week. You know, get some parlays in on some other teams, chill out a little bit. Um, hopefully, you know, every all the AFC teams that are in contention lose. Chiefs yeah. lose, Steelers lose. Every single one. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loses this week, so the Ravens can come in with a with a two-game lead. Um, you know, and everything else. So um, but yeah, um we'll catch you guys next week. We'll preview the Ravens and Rams and uh home game. So other than that, everybody have a good bye week and you know yeah 
we'll catch you guys uh next week peace, peace.